All right, I think I'm ready. Okay. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to learn, and to listen to loud music. We had a lot of loud music in the house today, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. That's fun. That was good. A lot of dancing happening. That's, uh, it seems to, right. We have a, most of the house is really, really into expressing themselves with physical movement like that. I guess there was a lot of dancing and singing today. I think we were treated to multiple um, performances. Yeah. Stop everything you're doing and listen to us perform. Yeah, which is uh, totally part of our loud music uh, mantra tendency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At any rate, I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I am Rob Stenzinger. Tonight we are going to talk about... Storytelling. Okay. We're just going to tell some stories. I know that's going to surprise people and shock people. I think that's part of what people download this for. (laughs) (laughs) The storytelling? Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of it. The 17 times I say, I'm going to go on a tangent, but let me just tell you. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it, um, I think, oh gosh, what was the book? Um, So You Are Now Less Dumb by David McRaney who does the You Are Not So Smart podcast. You Are Now Less Dumb. You Are Not So, you are not so <laughs> Smart. Cheeky negative ways to say important topics related to... Uh, What's the podcast know. name? I think I just messed it up. Uh, the podcast is called uh, You Are Not So Smart. You Are Not So Smart. No, okay. I got it right. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the the in his book, uh, You Are Now Less Dumb, he talked a lot about the... Well, there was a... It goes through a whole tour of research and examples of cognitive biases and log- logical fallacies, sure. and very fun topic of mine. I'd love to revisit and um, and be aware of and and consider. Even though I'm I'm not a psychologist, but uh, it's but you play one on TV. But I I make stuff for people. People have brains. <laughs> Me have brain. I like to think brain. Right. <laughs> and uh, wow, I don't know what kind of normative garbage that humor is, but. You know, oops, there I am. Um, so <laughs> I want to just clip in Britney Spears right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we do have a lot in common, maybe. You and Brit. Yeah, I don't know. Never okay. matter. But um, anyway, the uh, let's see, tangent, tangent, storytelling. <laughs> the um, the narrative bias is uh, okay is I think incredibly important, obviously for our human experience. We tend to present things where this, this thing is related to the thing I just said before. And we tend to try to find relationship among that over time. Like, uh, okay. I, and now, and assign meaning to it. Like, yeah. Oh, someone, um, let's see, took a bite of a sandwich and then they grabbed their stomach keeled over in pain. Right. Okay. And you might think, Oh, Something bad about that sandwich, right? Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd be staying away from it that sandwich. It could have nothing against, uh, nothing to do with one another. But like we have, a, right. we, have we kind of make stories based on the juxtaposition of things over time. Anyway, so that's that's what narrative bias is. Is well, and the tendency to, to make it to make it into uh, um, like a causal narrative. I didn't, sorry, I used the darn word to, def- to define the word, but to, 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 no, that's okay. to define it as a, like a, you're not a being graded. Causation, a story. 
Good. You're not going to get great on this. So you can use the word to define the word. I'm okay with that. Okay. God, I, ma- I imagined uh, being great at every podcast. So. Oh, sorry. That's, no. no. You've been waiting for a report card. At least I'm not filling one out. Well, all right. Well, I am, I'm sloughing it now. <laughs> this leads me to believe that you have a report card for me. No, I don't. You do tick marks for every time I say um or so, don't you? I notice that some episodes we do that a lot more than others, and I, when, and it's we. It's not. Yes, I know. It's we, and it's when we're really tired. That's oh, yeah. a little trick. We're like tired talking about getting sleep's a good idea. Yeah. Which, yes, um. Uh, uh, <laughs> hmm. At any rate, okay. So narrative bias. I'm sorry. One more time. Tell me what it means. It's well, creating a it's, story. It's how it, it. I think one of the impacts of what it means is stories um, are an important part of our human experience where we use stories, where we describe things and events in sequences and we put meanings to those sequences. And causality and meaning. Yep. Got it. And that's a very, it's a very useful thing, very powerful thing. Yep. And And it can also, you know, be a mistake. From time to time. And not that that's our main topic, but right. that's, that's the idea of the whole phrasing it as a, a cognitive bias. I was just going to ask in the book you mentioned, is it yeah. framed up as a, as a positive or a negative or a, could be either? I, I think the book does a good job of saying these just are. Not that there's, ah. yeah, these are all. Powers like, can. I've read, I've, sorry, go ahead. Powers can be used for good or evil. Totally, exactly. It's, it's, it's a. It's a part of our human cognition or a, a yeah. you know, overall tendency. And that just is because honestly, it's mighty, mighty handy to be able to say, to tell another person a story and have them be like, why are you saying these things in this order and why? And sure. they don't do that. They just go, oh, story. I get it. Yeah. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Right on. So prattling about storytelling aside, what, so what angle on storytelling are we looking at today? Well, I think we're going to kind of cover a little bit about how we use it in our lives and why we use it. Um, I mean, I think everybody does, right? This is like, hey, why do you drink water? You know, it's like, hey, it keeps us alive. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like you and I have um, somewhat come to it um, organically or naturally, the um, importance of storytelling or all the different ways that we want, we use storytelling in our um, lives, um, professionally, personally, parentingly. Is that a word? <laughs> uh, sure. One of the key. It's going to be the hot new word on the Webster list for parentingly? 2017. Yeah. <laughs> parentingly. For, probably for 2018. 2018. Yeah. You know we know what I mean? It's got to build up. A yeah. We audience. need a little. Yeah. Okay. Common use. Um, but I do, I feel like we, we've kind of come to it fairly, fairly organically because we just, it's something we both, um, believe in and use. Um, you have always been somebody who can tell a great story. It's very kind. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Um, I said, um, again, now I'm all self-conscious about it. You, you just got to roll with it and it's okay. They do happen from time to time and they won't, it's no big deal. What's my narrative bias about it? Uh, probably because <laughs> your husband thinks a lot about it and talks and, and uh, let's see. I mean, so what, I mean, sometimes we have a feedback dance, right? Where 
you've got something, you know, sometimes you have feedback for me, sometimes yeah, I yeah. feedback for you. And in a way, a healthy I was part of life. something I noticed about, well, this whole um thing when I was doing some, some podcast editing and it's talked about. You know what I think is really funny? Yeah. Is you're answering my question. It was just rhetorical, but rhetorical. I love that you're answering it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You continue. I, I tend to do that. I tend to do that. It's, um, it's, well, okay. So when you, you, you make a thing, you care about making the thing, you might tune into sources that talk about what do they define as quality regarding making a thing. And oh, absolutely. Like vocal ticks is, I think, the phrase that, that, that that's like a big umbrella of the kinds of things that people have verbally that you may not even notice in regular conversation. But then if you're doing some kind of performance, you notice, you notice. And if yep. you do, you're doing some kind of performance and then you're really somehow habitually doing that thing a lot, then it, eh, then it might get noticed. Then sure. it, then it becomes like this total sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but back to storytelling yeah. and how and why we use it. Okay. <laughs> Um, what I was going to say is one of the things that I think has been so important for us, um, there it is again, is the social emotional development. I think that we use storytelling to help everybody. I was going to say the kids, but you know, let's be honest here. All of us, um, kind of understand some social and emotional development and so when we have, I'm going to use the kids as an example because it's just an easy example to come through for mm -hmm. me. Um, when somebody is having really big feelings or emotions, we can use storytelling to help guide through that conversation. Either storytelling of, I remember a time when this happened to me as a kid, or storytelling from the, the perspective of, Remember when we watched that show you like so much and the character had to experience X, Y, and Z, how did they manage those feelings? Mm. Uh, another way that we use it is in helping the kids kind of write their a different ending or write the ending. So we'll say things like, well, what would you like to have, have, have happened in that situation? What would you do differently? And I know there's some um, brain research, too, around it. Mm -hmm. Being able to do that, to take a past experience and to walk through and talk through that experience and even rewrite the ending. I mean, it, it can be a powerful tool to help with, you know, the next time you forget, you know, the answer after you've already raised your hand in class, whatever the case may be. Oh, sure. <clears throat> Which might just going along with your example, yeah. maybe you you would have a lot of tension or anxiety regarding uh, participating in class. And then it's like, well, why is this? And you can dig into it. And absolutely. And that's, um, isn't that, is not that neither of us are practicing uh, therapists or psychologists, but like there's uh isn't that like a cognitive behavioral therapy thing? It's used in a lot of different um, therapy modalities. I, I believe, yes, CBT uses it. There's a couple others as well. Oh. Um, it's one of the big tenets of like an EMDR where you're really trying to get, like if you have a very traumatic memory mm -hmm. uh, or traumatic experience, 
sometimes that can sit in a real emotional part of the brain and talking it through and, and speaking through that experience can help move it from a very emotional part of the brain to a, a little bit more, I don't want to say logical because that makes it feel so black and white as that's not how we work, but a more logical part of the brain where you can kind of pick it, pick it apart, pick the experience apart and manage it and deal with it more on a cognitive level than an emotional level. So yeah, there's several different modalities that that uh, think about and deal with that, and that I think just goes and leads right back to how important storytelling is just in our lives. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you you come home and or the the family is is united once again, and the telling stories of our days is is one one time. Oh, great point. So it could be to either process big events or small events or just like just to connect to say like oh now we've like rewoven all of our stories together and it's so fun and we have different ways that we do it Mm -hmm. sometimes it's as simple as tell me about tell me about your day and Mm -hmm. i think the funniest thing is we'll be sitting at dinner and, and maybe we'll be kind of a little chaotic not that that ever happens in our house but we'll be a little chaotic trying to get everything situated to sit at dinner and often the youngest our our three year old will say Tell me about your day. You know, kind of she wants exactly what you're saying, that time for us to stop and reconnect. And I want to mm-hmm. hear about your day. It's, uh, so what about, there's another tech, technique we use. I don't know if it has a name, but but we talk about the highs and lows. Yeah, we use, there's a couple that we do. So highs and lows is absolutely one of them. I love yeah. that one. And I, I stole that from a movie that I, that's totally escaping me what, it's it been was, in several, but I can't. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of any of them right now. The first movie I saw it, and just to flag it, it was uh, it had Michelle Pfeiffer and um, Die Hard guy, right? Bruce uh, Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Die Hard guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, we can Google search and find that movie. Yeah, totally. And I, I thought it was called The Story of Us, but no, I, I don't think that is. But um, it, I, I. I saw it happen. I was watching a story that had this technique, and I thought, "That's amazing! I want to steal that." Yeah. <laughs> because, what what a what a neat way to get, um, to get more out of your day and and share it with one another. Besides the whole surface thing of like, right. I'm kind of exhausted, or <laughs> or this was awesome, and I I can't believe this one thing happened, or whatever. Right. You're just kind well, of, I mean, our seven year old her most common response to how was your day? It was awesome. It was amazing. Oh, well, what, what did you like about it? Everything. (laughs) Like, okay. So one technique that we've started to use with her that has been a lot of fun. And I don't know, sometimes that we do this in the car on the way home, Mm -hmm. uh, that I got out of, um, Oh, what's the brain book we really liked? Whole brain child, the whole brain child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From that book. Um, which is tell me two truths and one false about your day. So the kids have to make up three things about their, well, they have to tell you three things about their day. Two of them are true and one of them is false. And she loves that game. She'll actually ask to do that game. Um, and so then that way you kind of get them talking a little bit more about their day. And it doesn't have to be good or bad. It can just be, I sat by Johnny at lunch. I played with Susie at recess. And, you know, my teacher wore striped pants. Uh-huh. And then you have to figure it out. But it generates great conversation. 
Oh, yeah, I love that technique. I yeah, can, it's I, a fun I game. I to bring it up, but I, I need to do that more. And I think um, you have often talked about, you know, storytelling and memory. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think for me, I, I, I can have... Um, it, it, it a little bit it relates to why I like to why I like to journal and and it's it it's more of the social version of that where I get to remember and frame and become the author of this experience and then see how others are reacting to it mm-hmm. at the same time so that's uh Mm, and 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 sometimes it's it's about just your normal day but then other times it's about like an interesting event or something that was particularly surprising or funny yeah and like like telling a tale of something that happened among a group of friends and noticing that well i mean sometimes with storytelling there's embellishment right absolutely where if you're doing it to sort of invoke surprise and delight you want to do some kind of classic jokes structure thing where you're 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 doing a setup and there's expectations and people are guessing what you're going to talk about next and then you do a little bit of twist somewhere yep. along the way absolutely and you're so good at that i try i what's funny is i feel good about it sometimes if i prepare a lot and then i feel that sometimes i'm totally lucky in the moment <laughs> so i don't know like it's, it, it's a mixed bag, but, but it's really fun to try. So that's, um, yeah, that's storytelling in as like a, um, like group, I don't want to say group mythology, but group, uh, it's just fun at here's parties. This wild thing that happened. Yeah. Here's this thing that happened. <laughs> and some of us who are here were there. Right. Yeah. Well, and you do get, it's, it is some, I don't know, mythology, I'm trying to think of the right word, but I can remember when you and I first um, met and started hanging out mm. and the group of friends and there were certain stories that were key stories. And so it would be kind of this egging on of different people, tell the this story, hey, tell the that story mm-hmm. to get me kind of looped into the group and connected and finding, you know, and knowing the same stories. So um, it wasn't really mythology, though, because these were all things that had happened. Not really. I, I know it's not quite the, quite the right word. but History. It's Maybe it's just history. history. It's history. Yeah, way better word. Or herstory. Herstory. Yes. So yeah. the other thing I was going to say with the memory piece, kind of going back to that, uh, storytelling, really helping to solidify the memories that we want to help solidify. So when things happen, we kind of tell those stories over and over again. So we use a lot of storytelling in our life and in our families, but we tell the kids their birth story. Oh, yeah. They love to ask for that. We tell kids the kids other stories about when they were little. It's been really interesting lately that the kids will ask not only for particular stories about when they were little or just tell me about when I was little, but then they'll say, tell me about when you were little. And they want mm-hmm. to hear my stories from when I was a child, particularly if I can remember a story from when I was their exact age going through their exact thing, <laughs> 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 which I don't have a lot of memories from being three. Uh, but, you know, I do my best. <laughs> Keep it relevant here. 
Uh, that's yeah, that, that part of the request is, is difficult, but it, it is fun to do that kind of exchange. Yeah. And I just think it's cool because I do think we're helping to kind of build and solidify those memories. And yeah, you're, yeah, the whole, the memory, it helps a lot. Like for, honestly, for me, it's, it's a little bit of, um, when I don't have it, it really bothers me when, when I can't reach back and have this, the, at least some thread to pull on to, to sort of reconstitute and get me mm-hmm. in the motion of doing a story and recalling. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I've, I've lost something and I, I want to, I want to retain that. Like I want to be able to, to tell different stories of, of our, um, different stages of the kids' lives and whatnot. Yeah. And some, sometimes if, if I am forgetting that, I, then I, I get more sensitive and I'm, I start digging through our old photographs and trying to, to, um, rebuild it. Yeah. Rebuild those stories. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's one more area of storytelling I kind of wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that is we do a lot of engaging in, with good stories. Hmm. So we are connoisseurs of good storytelling, whether it be movies or books audiobooks, mm-hmm. okay. yep. comics. And I think that that's important too. And I think it's something that we've uh, value and I think we show that value. We do a lot of reading. We have always done, you know, multiple bedtime stories. But I think it's cool because we can watch or read a story and see where it takes us. And it goes in different places and it's not always predictable. And I think there's so much value in that. Well, there's a lot of uh, perspective taking and yeah. you can, you can go through an experience in a really safe way through the, the eyes of like an incredibly impish character or um, an incredibly different character yeah. or someone similar, but then in a different situation. That, yes. that you've then then you've experienced like maybe um incredibly empowered or celebrated like maybe there's oh what are those books where we have sort of this they're they're young well we have the young einstein one but we also have like a young we have we have various scientists oh i can't remember uh it's like ordinary people extraordinary lives okay and that that is uh it's it's neat to see how um how our our kids will identify with with aspects yeah. of these these characters and so they're and non other things are just totally weird and different yeah so we have like children's books that are non-fiction stories about um different people that had extraordinary things oh, we have happen. One on Rosa Parks yep we have Rosa Parks we have Martin Luther King Jr mm-hmm. we have uh, Albert Einstein mm-hmm. and we have Oh, the one, the one, um, what is her name? Sorry, Amelia Earhart. I totally blanked. Okay. (laughs) We have the Amelia Earhart book. And so that, that's, there's this, there's a double, there's a history situation going on. Yeah. And sort of a somewhat fictionalized version of pulling, pulling out someone's history because they're, they're not like. Just going through facts organized in a timeline. Yeah, I don't know um, how embellished they are from a story perspective because they do talk about those people's childhood. Um, I don't mean to, to. I don't mean that as a, a negative critique, but it's but it's very stylized at the very least. Oh, absolutely. Right? 
Um, yeah, Einstein great. didn't show up as a you know three to five year old with a giant you know white poofy hairdo, right? <laughs> but anyway, they're so the, great books and they're great great stories. Yes. Um, but one thing I wanted to pull out too. Yeah. Um, not to stomp on your one thing, but is bring the, your it's, one it's, thing. It's I wanted to um, <laughs> connect that because it was um, there's a little bit of bedtime improvisation yes and and making up stories also we i mean we read books but we also do oh, and i don't mean that to this this whole episode of our podcast and you and this particular anecdote in it i don't mean this is like a this is like an idealized history of our family instagram post right <laughs> don't we look you know there's always love and, and joy Everyone and, is always hugging yep. at bedtime. You want to buy every project product mentioned on our blog, and we're going to talk about how it, everything was meant. No one ever cries day. at bedtime. Nope. It, <laughs> it, no, it's a struggle, and and oh man, and lots of challenge, right? But somehow, past all the other all the struggles and the ups and downs and the negotiations <laughs> and the the repeated situations that are like it's the same dang conversation from. Every uh, time. The last 100 days at the very least. Yeah. But yet, here we are. Yep. I'm going to pretend like the Still idea... to brush your teeth. The right? concept of brushing my teeth is brand new tonight. Yep. Why are you making me do this? Wow. <laughs> Maybe this is why I want to do storytelling. Because <laughs> I want to get these memories cemented. Um, another angle on that is this this that, that this whole improv aspect yes. of, of bedtime. And we, we did this with our with our first kid. And then we did this with our second kid as well. And, um, we, we made up a character that we took, we took their middle name and we sort of made, made a fairy tale world. It, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. It was a fairy tale. And with these episodes that are totally made up on the spot, random, sometimes in a participatory way where, you know, our audience of one will give a request. Tell me a story where this happens. Uh, and sometimes it would be like, well, this stuffed animal needs to be there. Oh, yes. This stuffed animal needs to be hurt. Or Lost. not as like put a hit on this stuffed animal. <laughs> but like, you know, this, the, there's a thing that I want to make sure this event is there and this, yes. this animal's there. By the way, yeah. I had to, one of those stories that comes up quite a bit. I had to act out in the backyard today. I'm sure the neighbors were wondering what the what was going on. Oh, really? Because I got the. Okay, Mama, you're a tiny panda. I was like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> so I had to be a lost and hurt tiny panda in the backyard. <laughs> so that was good. That's pretty sad. Yeah, but what was cool is this bedtime story that has been requested a couple of times or numerous times mm -hmm. um, now needed to be a full, what is it called? Live action role playing. You were LARPing. I was LARPing uh -huh. our bedtime story today in the backyard. <laughs> Much to the entertainment, I'm certain, of the neighbors. <laughs> okay. That's. I did not don a panda suit. Okay, true. We don't but, currently have a panda suit, but. Yeah. Who knows? But um, this. Um, it's an interesting thing because, because of how. how how it becomes sometimes re requested to be repeated. Yes. Or changed. Man, and the challenge is if you tell a story and then I'm in a couple nights later oh, no. and the same story you told I request there is requested. That's the hard part. Okay. Yeah, let me know. I let me tell you, I get scolded. 
no, that's not what happened. Uh, so. <laughs> like, well. This is the retelling. This is essentially the, the Lucas, you know, re, <laughs> rejiggered version. Um, and they got mad about medical. Mommy took creative license with the story. Yeah. Um, no, it, but we've done that. Yeah, I've, I've had the, the same thing happen to me. Oh, absolutely. Tell, tell me about the, like, I didn't know the little panda character. I was like, what? There's a panda now? But yep. you roll with it. That's right. There's a baby panda. Do your best. So it's it's a fun thing. Like sometimes I feel a lot of pressure, like do, to to do it. Like and and even though I love to tell stories, but are you ever like oh, oh crap? There are days I start the story and I start my stories all with the same kind of little intro, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking I got no idea where this is going. <laughs> That's often where I am. And I'm just talking. And sometimes if I'm really if I'm really uh, stuck, mm-hmm. I will pause the story and say. What happens next? And that's an old, you know, uh, therapy technique oh. with kids is oh. if you're playing and you kind of want them to be the, the leader is you stop and you whisper, what do I say? Wow. What happens next? Oh, yeah. And so I'll do that sometimes. But then I will get some super complicated answer back. <laughs> and then if I don't do it exactly right, it's a whole nother ball of wax. <laughs> So that's not just, uh, well, storytelling with one author. That's not just, you know, you yeah. know, now you're, you're collaborating. And uh, that, that collaborating on stories can be a pretty tense thing. Yeah. So, depending. So um, that was, yeah, I think that covered a lot of what I, I thought. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that aspect in. I like that. That, that it would have been, uh, that's a good ad. Awesome. So do we have some some picks? We do have picks tonight. Okay. I'm excited for my art pick. Nice. And thankfully I have a science pick. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I was hoping I had that right. So my art pick tonight, tell me if you know what this means, is perler beads. Perler beads. Um, I, th- I think, well, when we were, we've traveled recently with um, cable television on a, you know. Nope. 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 Not perler beads. Perler beads. Per, oh, so then, whatever. This is my su- susceptible brain to commercials, I guess. Because I'm thinking it's... You're thinking beedos. Beedos. Yeah, where you... Spray the water. You no. spray uh-huh. water on plastic, and it's like, now it's stuck together. Yeah. Hopefully everyone's safe still. <laughs> no, that's not my pick tonight. Okay. My pick tonight is the perler beads. Those are the ones, and you've done them, so I know you know. Perler beads, those are the ones you iron. The ironing ones. Yeah, the ones that you iron, okay. and they melt together. Those are perler beads. So we've encountered perler beads in our life because we have two children. Mm -hmm. And they've always in my, previously in my head, have kind of been a kid's toy, right? Yeah. Perler beads, you just, you make a little dog, you make a little rainbow, you make a little square, and you have an adult iron, iron it, and you have to, they're these little tiny round beads that you put in these pegs, and then you have to very carefully walk it over to the, Iron. And let me tell you the number of times that, you know, two hours worth of perler bead work has gotten dumped is. It's more than one. Time. More than one time. Um, but what is also cool about perler beads is we have actually bought perler bead art. Mm-hmm. Like really cool art. So again, this is an all ages cool art tool. 
And you can get, you can download on online free patterns and designs, or you can create your own. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the ones we bought? I can't remember. Well, we have a we have a Pikachu. Yep, we have a Pikachu and a Mario and let's see. Oh, it's escaping me. The name of the character who sits in a cloud in Super Mario, right? Super like Mario Cloud. Chuck stuff out. And he it, I do not recall the name of that character, right? But yeah, we so we've got a few of these and I I cannot remember the artist's site offhand because we bought them at a convention a couple Yeah, of we got them at a con. But like it, the the end effect is like pixels, pixel art. Yeah. So like low looks, res pixel art. Looks like from pixel art. Classic video games. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love it. The other thing I'll say about perler beads is you can get them in two sizes. Like the typical normal size are the really small ones, which are pretty little to to use. You need some pretty good hand eye coordination. They do make a larger size called perler biggies mm-hmm. that younger children can you know still do the the art and the design with. And it's a little little easier for them to use because they're so, they're a little fidgety, a little fussy if they tip over, if, you know, they don't want to go in the little spot. It, it reminds me of the difference between Legos and Duplos. Absolutely. They're a very good analogy. Very nice. That's my art pick. Okay. Super fun. Um, I have a science pick, which happens to be, it's, it's tough to describe briefly but essentially we have this this thing called the voyager one a satellite that was launched or you know a, a, a space probe that was launched actually um i forget like 40 years ago somewhere in there as in say if it's voyager one it's got to be a while back yeah and so then it's not voyager one alone but it's a worthy pick and you know, checking out the NASA site that's about Voyager is is a well worth it's well worth your time. Are you doing multiple picks in one pick? Yeah, I might be. You might but, be. But mostly, it's this this event that happened in within in the last few days is that um, Voyager has a couple types of fr- thrusters on it, and it normally uses this one set that I think it's called TPM or something. But like it used this this other. Um, uh, a different set of thrusters that it hadn't fired in 37 years. What? So you have this thing hurtling through space in, you know, different systems and subsystems, whatever. And then this part that it takes 19 plus hours to send a command to and receive anything back from. Right. right? Where the, the, the teams did a bunch of, you know, simulations and planning and, and, uh, thinking it through and then they sent the command and said hey fire these um you know these thrusters that haven't been fired since 1980 and no way and it worked and the thing was like all right i'll try it yeah and uh and it's a combination of things where i think it, it involved um uh warming up the ability to do the thrusters and whatnot sure. which takes a little bit of power but then they were able to um i think position it where it's able to send a signal signal more directly back to Earth, so it should extend the mission uh, another couple of years. Oh wow! Yeah, I was just going to ask why did they want to two to three years? Why did they want to make the thrusters go left? But that's why. Yeah, that's why. And this is like very minor. It's not like you know kick in to overdrive and do some loop de loops. It's just like puff puff, right? Ah. 
and one more time. I liked that. Puff puff. <laughs> that's that was, that's that was me good. imitating Voyager thrusting. You're welcome, everybody. So that is fantastic. I think we just we just end it right there, man. That was awesome. There you go. Voyager. Well, that wraps us up for today. Thanks for listening and for being a part of our art and science punks community. Robbie, where can the people find us online? Well, online we can be found as art and science punks on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are Art Science Punks. You can also find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we'd appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. And I'm Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. Keep building, moving, and sharing. You puff puff one more time. Puff puff. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you don't want to go. That's going to screw everything up.